Welcome back to the Nullify Take channel here on YouTube, where we have the TNT takes for you on Survivor South Africa, Return of the Outcasts, Week 2, Episodes 5 to 8. I've got my two great co-hosts here with me again today, Zoe from the Hangout Room, which you can also find here on YouTube, and Richard Kobeli, and I am your host, Chris. Zoe, coming over to you, uh, we're two weeks into Survivor South Africa, I pulled you into this podcast this year, and I said I need to talk Survivor with you have it been worth it for you so far? It has been. It's absolutely amazing. And I have a bone to pick with you. When you did your interview with Shauna, you were like, Zoe's going to go in on Pinty. I'm like, damn, now they think I'm rude. Yes, how dare you? No, I, did, I did say, I did say, you're right. And I, I, I did say that. But I did also say we criticize Pinty for the game that she's playing, not the person outside of the game. We'll keep that separate. Um, even though sometimes I feel like the lines can be blurred because, you know, yeah. how you socially interact with people on the cast, you know, does also reflect a little bit on who you are deep inside. And, you know, when you get stripped of everything, yes, I give castaways a, a lot of leeway sometimes. And I say, well, they don't have food. They don't all of these things. But at the end of the day, I think your core does come out sometimes when you're stripped of everything in life. So it's not been a great season for Pinty so far. We will talk about Pinty, I think, quite a bit throughout this episode. Um, and obviously, like I said in that interview as well, please don't do any hate towards Pinty online. I think she is getting quite a lot of that already. So we don't need to add on to it. But Richard, um, how's things on your end? What did you think of week two so far? Oh, geez, there's so much to talk about. Um, one thing I'm happy about is that um, some of the low-profile players are now sort of like getting that airtime. So it's almost like you have more characters to root for. And I'm happy to see certain people explain their gameplay and stuff like that. So it's been an awesome week and plenty to talk about. Yeah. Plenty well to talk about. <laughs> i love it zoe's before the podcast she's like i won't talk about pinty as much as this week but i know we're not going to be able to not do it we're going to have to talk about it at some stage but you know richard you bring up a good point about the lower profile players also getting a little bit more of an edit and a little bit more of um a presence this week when we look at the rankings for this week and for everybody here in the live uh welcome you know dylan uh, Odette and Skull Knight so far within the live here. We do have the rankings up on slido.com. Uh, I did pin it in the chat what the number is that you need to put in there. It's very easy to go and rank your players all the way from the top first person to the 14th person that are still left in the game at this stage. The rankings are looking drastically different here very early on where uh, you can get a total points of 15 on that uh the highest person at this point is palessa at number one with 9.67 out of 15 last week we had 14 point something points for the for the highest person so it just shows you how divided the fans are um that yeah. there's no one even close to getting the maximum of 15 points and i think richard that goes back to what you said there's a wider group of players that are starting to merge from the from the bottom up you know like palessa would say just a good cream and a coffee they're going up to the top you know um, <laughs> but it's been a great week uh, for a few players and let's start off on episode five where uh, a lot of the first action is going to happen you know it hurt my heart here this episode to see tevin again go very early you know he's someone that may just go down richard as maybe the most capable player in survivors of africa franchise history to never make a merge and now twice this has happened 
yeah it's, it's it's i mean i love tevin you know i see a lot of similarities between my myself and him you know he's quite a strategic player good character and i feel like he had a better shot at making merge the first time he played than this time um but yeah i'm i'm gutted but you know it's the game uh, there's only one winner yeah so tevin was in your team you know you you end up taking i think the biggest hit this week with uh, two of your members going home uh, you know how are you feeling after losing two people here this week i feel like tevin is like um the best blind sides. He got blindsided twice, back to back season. It's like, oh, I feel so bad for him. Um, I was hurt because I'm like, I'm losing points. But then again, I did say last week that it's survivor. I cannot get too happy for anything. You didn't lose anyone. Good for you. Next week, you're losing five. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm I cursing you right now. Yeah, if I lose five, I'm 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 completely out of the game. So you're you're definitely bringing violence my way at this point. But you know, <laughs> you, know you lose Tevin, you lose Shona. Those are two very big personalities. Tevin yeah. started early on. A lot of fans that were messaging me throughout the week were saying Tevin's going to win the season. Like a lot of fans were very high on Tevin, and obviously that was a very rapid decline from having such a a great edit in the first week to the second week. But uh, there's definitely someone here in this tribe that I think has risen uh, and have become a massive character. And I love the characters. Like last year, my favorite characters were Chappies and Santini because they were such big, larger-than-life yeah. characters on the TV screen. Well, it is going to be the season of Full for me this season. Like Full has come out, and he is such a great character. I enjoyed him in his first season, but he left so early that season. We didn't get to see enough of him, but he's been dominating the confessionals. But not only that, I do think that you know, if we were to look at this week and we take the last tribal council out of the equation, which I will defend Full on why he did what he did there, but we'll talk oh, about yeah. that later on. I think Full for me could have been the best player this whole week you know and maybe just that last episode have clouded people's judgment on how good of a player full actually is because full has a conversation here early um with people in his tribe he talks to felix he talks to dino um the rest of them and he really paints a target on the two alpha males in the tribe now yeah. he himself will admit he's not that alpha male but both Seamus and Tevin at this stage, they were kind of running the tribe. And he's the one that shifts the target from Pinty to both of those guys, ultimately leading the charge against both of them getting voted out back to back. Uh, Richard, what did you think here of Full this week and this movement and, and sort of lurking in the shadows, being the rope dealer, giving people rope throughout the week to hang themselves? Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting because like week one, it's almost like he wanted uh, Pinty out instead of Tanya. And now he sort of like wants to keep Tanya as a sort of like um, second in command or third in command, you know, seeing seeing her as someone, you know, he, he can control for later on in his game. And then we see him targeting, you know, uh, Tevin at first. My read on that move, I think it was the right move, but it was done at the wrong time. Because in my head, I look at it this way. Had they all stuck together and voted um, Pinty, the tribe would have been eight people that haven't voted against each other. You know, homogenous tribe. And since a swap was almost like lurking, that's the best decision. But they opted for the other route to sort of like making a blind side and splitting their tribe into a... Um, five three, I believe. And what happens if you get into swap and those three people you voted, you know, you blindsided from the vote, 
are in your tribe. So I do think it was a good move, but it was done too early. But, you know, still props have to go to Phil and Dino for pulling that off. Yeah, it's interesting here, um, Zoe, because obviously Shona and Seamus both are the two that are not going to be included in that vote. Um, and also uh, Kalani. Kalani ends up on a tribe with a few people, but she remains on the outside. What's your read on Kalani? What is it that people have against Kalani at this stage? She had no love in the first season that she played. She left very early that season, and it seems like she's, again, not really completely found her people here. I mean, Steffi and her seems to get along, and they've got that sport connection that uh, Teresa couldn't relate to. But you know, outside of that, uh, it does seem like Kalani's really having a tough time out there. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, I think it has to do with camp life that they are not showing. I just don't think people are connecting with her on an emotional level. And she's also into martial arts. But when it comes to performing, it doesn't seem like she's pulling her weight or showing off the strength. So it's like her martial arts is just a title that is not contributing much to um travel wins and whatever everything else i just think it's camp life that we are not seeing i don't know what it is yes yeah, yeah, with the players can be like more detailed because when they did that trap swap i understood why Teresa wasn't getting along with kilani because they had nothing else to talk about you know i understood that but before the swap i had no idea what it was of camp that she was doing or rubbing people off the wrong way that no one's showing yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think there must be a few things there happening. Um, Jody here in the chat says that Kalani is an old school player like a Kelly uh, Wigglesworth or a Second yeah. Chances. So maybe the the social game, she's not across that as much or the strategic side of things. And she still thinks contributing to camp life or trying to do well in the challenges is the thing that's going to get her to merge. And she talks about it even that, you know, listen, I won't play a big game until I get to merge. It doesn't re really matter. And, and I hear her on that. I think there has to be a balance because you also want to have enough agency within your tribe where people are like i can rely on her for her strategic thinking i can rely on her to go over to the other tribe and create allegiances there for us maybe to get one over the other tribe that we haven't played with yet and i don't know if she provides them with that option at this stage uh, in the game also another comment here by jody which i think is a great one is that tevin is the phoebe of survivors of africa so for those that are australian survivor fans um phoebe obviously also twice her game was cut short and she's such a big fan favorite and so much potential i think that's probably uh, the best comparison i've seen so far hey richard absolutely i mean ah man uh, it, it's so sad to see um tevin have went you know so early but you know these these things happen and i think i feel like the comparison of you know comparing kilani and you know kelly wigglesworth is sort of like accurate because you know it's almost like the game she's playing would have worked very well um, back in season five, even though her life was sort of like cut short in the game because of reasons outside the game as well. Because, um, you know, she, she got a funny edit where she was just not trying, it's not seeming to be, you know, um, the smartest person when it comes to strategy and figuring out how to spread stuff. And obviously, Phil was having a fun time with that. <laughs> yeah, on the, the conversation of Phil, uh, Odette here says that Phil was my player of the week as well. Even with that vote screw up, he's still the player that had the biggest positive effect for himself of the week. And he was my player of the week. I ranked him the highest, but 
Uh, at this stage, he overall is sitting at seventh. We might see that change throughout the week because I will keep the rankings open again until next Friday as well. Um, and then also Bandit Survivor here saying, and uh, go check out Bandit Survivor content, guys. He's got some great content on YouTube as well. Um, I will have Bandit on the podcast here at some stage. We just haven't been able to make it happen up until this point, but I have been on his uh, channel as well to do some content on there for some of Australian survivors most um, unique moves or best moves that have ever been played out awesome. so uh, he says here that Flynn and uh, I literally made a video talking about Tevin being ingenious only for him to be voted out a few hours later I, I don't think you were the only one I think a few people um, were taken a little bit uh, offside by that but you know one of the great things about Phil here this week is his confessionals it is the way that he talks yeah. uh, about certain things and, and I do need to bring this up I thought his assessment on Pinty was hilarious where when they had to go and make the vote and they were scrambling around, Pinty was following them around and he was like, you know, Pinty is like this Jack Russell. She's following everybody around. She's this angry dog. You know, the dog's going to bite you, but you don't know who the owner is. <laughs> Zoe, <laughs> what did you think of that? You know, um, uh, basically him saying that she, you know, she's around there. No one knows who she's playing with, but she's just angry all the time. Uh, it's a perfect assessment. I think my perf my favorite line was when you said, I'm going to give Pinty all the rope so she can hang herself. I'm the rope dealer. <laughs> that was the best for me. I loved it. And it's also just funny how how she's not aware to the point where she thinks that Tevin vote was her idea. I'm like, girl, you were just a dog given a bone and you were told to carry it and like a true dog with no honor you just ran with it it's hilarious how she is not self-aware and i feel bad for her to a certain extent because it's like people are playing her and she thinks she's playing them it's sad to mm -hmm. see someone getting played like a violin like that and they just dance again they have no idea that they mm -hmm. are the joke in the circus and not the queen in the palace it sucks for her but it's very entertaining for me to watch <laughs> richard um you oh, know nice. brings up a <laughs> zoe brings up a great point about you know pointy after this vote going around like she's the person who did the vote you know talking about how you know tevin was looking at her and like really playing it up in her mind she was the hero here of her story and i think a lot of players obviously go in there thinking that they're in charge of their own fate but the funniest part for me here was her talking to Dino and her justification for not letting Dino in on the vote. Because to me, Dino and Teresa going into this game, and I think this was a, yeah. a big, you know, miscalculation by Tevin and Seamus this season, how they didn't understand that there was a core group of people around Dino that would never vote for him. He was not the person to go after. Pointy was going to work with him because they're from the same season. Teresa was going to work with him. Dino will get along with everyone. So yeah. it's no surprise to me, like Dino's the nicest guy that him and Pinty do have a connection that I don't think we've seen too much on the TV uh, as of yet. But Pinty really disrespected him here talking about, you know, oh, you would be all over the place and you'd be nervous. And I'm like, where's your social awareness? Like, you need to make sure this guy does not get annoyed with you. Um, what was your assessment of Pinty just being Pinty again? I mean, I, I guess that is what you can appreciate about Pine T. You know, she is herself. She's not really sort of like playing a mastermind or a character. Well, sometimes maybe she thinks she is, but mostly she she is herself. And, 
you know it's it's almost like we're looking at two people pine tea that has a little um game game awareness and then we look at you know dino who's someone that's quite aware and has you know sort of like his fingers um in in, in every pot at 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 camp and it's quite it was quite interesting how pine tea was just like i thought you were being par- you're going to be paranoid if i told you name running around and it is sort of true if you look at how he played in his first season I don't think he's like that this season so maybe people's ideas of players in previous seasons is probably coming and clouding people's judgment this time. Yeah, well, it even clouded Nico's judgment, right? Because Nico and one of the tribal councils were saying about Dino being paranoid and Dino is like what are you talking yes. about? And and that's also looking back to the previous season because I think Dino's working extra hard not to be perceived that way this season. So sorry Zoe, I interrupted. It's like they just cannot get over paranoid Dino. Even when paranoid Dino is not there, they're still just seeing paranoid Dino. And on Pinty's side, it highlights how she is not paying attention. She's not aware. She is stuck on the past. She's stuck on how everything happened previous season. And she's not in touch with the game and reality as it happens in this game. Hmm. One of the things that was really interesting, and again, that's why, you know, Phil for me was such a big player because Phil and Felix, they go out on the beach and they're going to go get, you know, fish or food for the camp. And they talk about the fact here before the tribal council that normally Seamus or Tevin would be with them, especially Seamus. He was a provider by the sounds of it as well. But where are they now? And then you yeah. see Seamus and Tevin out by the water while looking for an idol, obviously doing their own thing. And Phil reads this very quickly. He's like, they're not here for us. They're in it for themselves. And this is another example of of where you really drove that wedge between Felix and Tevin, for instance, because from my understanding in the exit interview, Felix wanted to work with Tevin for quite a while. So again, um, you know, Tevin said that it was 98% that Felix wasn't going to turn on him. So I think that alone, to me, shows you the amount of good work that Phil did to drive that wedge there to uh, get the uh, permission to go against uh, Tevin in this vote here, Richard. Yeah, I mean, um, there was even a confessional uh, when Tevin was at the water well and then Felix approached him to be like, um, with this um, outpost idol you have, can you please play it for Dante? So we sort of like did get a glimpse of, you know, the relationship Tevin and, and Felix had. And it seemed like, you know, Felix wasn't, you know, obviously the, the, the best, you know, person to sort of like advocate for Tevin to go. But I think props to Felix uh, this season. He sort of does have that social awareness and he's like, hey, you know, if the numbers are going one way, I'm not going to try to go the opposite way. Otherwise, I'm going to cost my game for for someone else. Because um, obviously, if um, Tevin was still in the game, you know, maybe things could be better for him in, in the end. But, you know, things happened the way they did. Good mm. props to, to Phil. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting observation, and um, you know, on the the subject of Felix, this specific episode, uh, they have that immunity challenge where they have to run past each other, um, and yeah. they just absolutely get obliterated here by the Masu tribe. It was not a pretty sight. I think um, Felix is probably the closest one to beating Dante. It was an impressive showdown, but the rest of them, yeah. it looked extremely one sided. And you know, again, props to Felix. I've been super impressed by Felix this season. Uh, they go back to camp. Everybody is very low they're very down they're very negative but felix tries to keep it positive tries to say hey guys let's not let this defeat us here um yes we've lost a couple in a row here now and we were you know 
definitely outclassed today, but this is a long game, you know. So I do think, Zoe, that Felix have uh, a very different approach from what we saw in that first game. And just based on the fact that he wanted to show a different side to himself and change the narrative around him as a survivor player, I think he's succeeding in that already. And I do want Felix to go deep. I'm just worried that he doesn't get a lot of content, so I don't know where he's going to end up. And there's a few other red flags, I think, that came up this week around Felix as well. I think with Phyllis, I'm also very impressed by him. He's very calm, um, cool, level-headed. When um, Phil approached him, I was so scared that he was going to run to Tevin, run his mouth, but he didn't. And I was like, what happened? Where's my Phil? Where's my Felix? Cause chaos, cause mess. Where are you? Why are you so calm? I was shocked. He is surprising me. I think he's one person that I can definitely say that so far, his game seemed to have completely um, took a 360 turn. He's one person I cannot predict. I don't know what's going on and his calmness is scaring me and his lack of um, confessions also makes me feel like it's because he's going to stick around for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. I just get that. Uh, he's got overall the second lowest, but he's tied on second lowest confessionals with Tajin and Shauna. Um, so obviously Tajan, the only other person still in the game uh, on the second lowest bracket and then Kalani is out and out the lowest confessionals for the players that are still in and also I think for the season as a whole she's got the, the least confessionals but you know Richard there's a few things that come up here this week obviously um, there's going to be this whole conversation at the outpost um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on I think Dante may have sunk Felix's game a little bit here, which is not great because um, he did that to Merrill last season and potentially he's um, going to sink another one of his friends' game this season. And there's going to be a lot more of Dante. Let's let's go back over to the, the Masu tribe here for this episode. Obviously, not much happened on this tribe throughout this uh, specific episode because they ultimately won't go to tribal council. But there are some interesting things here. Tony, very annoyed with Dante because he positioned himself as the only alpha in the tribe. So now people can't vote him out if they stay within that tribe configuration. Uh, Dante reaching out to Palesa to try and create a connection with Palesa as well. So he is staying true, Richard, to his strategy of he is willing to work with anyone this season. But it does look like Palesa sees through a little bit of the fact that, you know, he, he's not fully truthful yeah. in, the, in his, you know, I guess... Um, pitch to her that he wants to work with her later in the game. But I think Palesa is interesting. She's been very under-edited at this stage this season. She's at the moment, I think, the highest on the, the rankings for the week, um, even though she's had a, a quiet week, I feel like. But she's doing uh, a lot right, even though we don't get to see a lot of her because she doesn't, she entertains the idea of working with Dante at least. Yeah, I, I, I think Palesa is actually getting an interesting edit because I've noticed that in some of the confessionals she has, maybe I'm being, I'm focusing too much on the edgic side of it, but, you know, I do think in some of the things she says, it isn't really pivotal for what's happening in the game. And that mm. sort of like to me indicates that she's someone that could be uh, going quite far in the game. Hopefully she makes the final. Oh, I don't want to jinx it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Dante positioning himself in such a way that, you know, uh, his tribe has to depend on him is quite a, a, a good move on. On, on, on his end and I I think one thing but he's honest um, one thing I, I feel like he's been saying to a lot of people and that's um, rubbing people off the wrong way is that he says that look I want it like if a swap were to happen I, I want you to approach me I want to work with me but only if it benefits me as well 
which is yes. true, but you don't want to tell someone that. You should just say, I want to work with you because I like you, even though that's not the truth. <laughs> yeah, so, so you look like you've got a lot to say here about um, Dante's God. approach for the week. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more of Dante throughout the week. He's, he's, there's definitely a few conversations that's going to come up. And, and around this last vote, there was a few red flags that I saw. But I think that Dante, you know, obviously, he spent a lot of time with the likes of Jack Berger. They had their own podcast last season. They were talking about the game. They were analyzing the game. That made Dante look at Survivor, I think, in a different light compared to the yeah. first time when he was out there because he wasn't necessarily, from my understanding, the biggest fan of Survivor, similar to like a guy like Felix who came into it, not really a fan. I think that's why Felix also, maybe his approach has changed this season season uh and he's playing a bit of a better social game because he actually understands that that's more important than just being a great camp person or providing at camp you know which i think some people can get it confused slightly um yeah. but then you get other players like a rob bentelli who's never watched that much survivor he goes on there and he absolutely dominates so you just don't know what you're going to get it's a mixed package and um dante i feel like he is this player that now understands what he needs to do, but yes. does his personality suit the personality of someone? I think he can win if he gets to the end, but I do think he's doing about 90% right, but then there's 10% of things there that is definitely red flags. Like you mentioned one of it, the fact that he says, you know, as long as it's, be it's beneficial to me, I'll, I'll talk to you, Palesa. And Palesa will look at that and say, well, what if I don't become beneficial to you down the line? Will you still work with me? Um, and I don't think that's the right approach. And there's a few other places this week where he also does that. But another big thing happened here on the Masu tribe. Um, Zoe, you know, this is going to be good for you because you end up getting some points from this. Steffi goes out and finds an idol. Now, if you told me odd for odd, like I love Steffi, you guys know I'm the biggest Steffi stan yeah. here on the podcast. If you uh, told me in the beginning of the season Steffi was going to go find an idol, I would have said no way it's because she just wasn't that player in her first season, right? I'm loving my girl. Like she is playing Survivor. She's playing the game in the way that I want her to play. She's working hard. She's not just relying on alliances. She is looking for idols, finding them, and making genuine connections and getting to know people. And so far, she's not stepping on anybody's toes. But it's Steffi still early. Next week, high and pinty. They're going to go Eric. So I can't wait for that. But I am so happy she finds the adult. And I was terrified for her. And I'm kind of scared that her injury might become bad in the future. I'm really, really terrified for her uh, physically wise. I actually thought this week she'll be DQ'd at some point. The fact that she's still here, I'm like, holy moly, thank you, Jesus. And when it comes to Dante, I just want to say, I am with you guys. When Dante speaks, I just want to, like, Dante, shut up and let me speak for you, okay? I'll be <laughs> Dante's spokesperson. <laughs> See, all the nice things, make people look good. And him being a provider and wanting people to rely on him also scares me a bit in a game of survival with returning players. Nobody wants an alpha male like that. Nobody wants a daddy on camp like that. So he can continue to provide food, but I feel like he needs to slow down his role and not make himself the leader of a tribe as he is showing to be. He cannot stop giving and barking orders and i feel like the more he plays a, a tarjan game he might go far but i don't see him doing that i just see him getting angrier and angrier as time goes when people are using emotions over logic i just see, feel like he's not continuing to blow up i don't well, see funny. him making him far in the game 
It's, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, he does say that. And, and I have to agree with him on that. Some people are using their emotions. You know, we will talk about Dino manipulating emotions and <laughs> playing really well to the crowd. Um, it's funny to me because, you know, I know this is a generalization, but, you know, a lot of the times when you've got a lot of females in your alliance, they do think with their emotions. And his choice is to play with female players this season. So if he wanted to play with emotions, why did he get rid of a lot of the guys in the tribe so early on? Like, it does not make sense to me because I'm not saying females only play with emotions in the game, yeah. but it's definitely a larger part of the average female player's gameplay probably compared to a guy's gameplay. But then you get your cutthroat female players that just don't care about it, like a, a Sarah Lucina who will just do whatever she needs to do to get to the end. So I know it's general, you know, sort of generalizing a little bit here but i just find it funny that he's wanting to work with these people and he knows them he knows meryl he knows she's in tune with her emotions he knows that's how she plays the game to a certain degree not that i'm saying because some people will say oh you know he, he's saying that meryl's only an emotional player she's definitely not no. she's a great player i mean there's a reason yes. i picked her as my number one but he my point is that he knows these people he knows the crowd he's dealing with and yet he's getting annoyed with the um route that he's sort of uh carved out for himself to the end here i do want to say welcome also in the live stream to adrian which is a, a very frequent listener of the podcast and also zudaman has dropped in now as well welcome zudaman um so adrian says i see palesa as a silent but deadly player even though the move last night didn't work out her position stayed the same for both sides and dino views her move more as a swing than a vote to get uh, out um and we will talk about that i do agree i think it was a great move uh, between both of them and we could potentially see that play out a little bit later on as well uh the alpha men this season are caddy and i love it um <laughs> dante is just yeah he's an interesting guy i mean listen in his day-to-day -day life he does not want to mix with too many people and he likes to be mm -hmm. on his own and i think it's showing a little bit um that he just likes his space and not having to deal with it uh too much but ultimately here this episode uh we're gonna see obviously tim and go home we talked quite a bit about that so let's move on to episode six here Seamus yeah. becomes the next target. So Seamus at the end of the day, you know, Richard, he just overplayed his hand here. Again, like he finds out that he was outside of the numbers. Dino does feel guilty about the fact that he didn't tell Seamus about it. It sounds from the exit interview that Seamus and Dino were very close this yeah. specific season. Um, and potentially there was room for him to work here, but he turned his back immediately on Dino and thought you know you've betrayed me once i need to get rid of you immediately here and i don't feel like he understood how well connected dino was with other players within the tribe going to people here trying to turn a vote here against them and he was really fighting a losing battle right yeah i mean even Teresa had an amazing um confessional where she was like um you know it's pretty obvious what's going to happen you know she uh, Seamus is probably going to go you know sort of in something that should be up for for, for for debate and I can say you know he sort of like also hung himself a little bit it's almost like a flashback to what happened in um Survivor Philippines episode one where you know he was just trying to make people go a certain way certain way certain way and then people were like I don't like how pushy you are. I'd rather just, you know, you know, get you out instead of the other person. And, you know, unfortunately, even though people can try to play a different game, who you are, like inside, will end up showing eventually. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And um, and this specific one here, which was quite interesting for me, is that, you know, Seamus talks to Shauna, he talks to Kalani, uh, the two yeah. other people that were in the outs here, but Shona ultimately decides to not go with Seamus at this point. Uh, there was a reason that she wasn't told about this vote. According to the exit interviews, Shona is extremely close to Tevin. And even though Phil and Dino mm -hmm. wanted to work with her, 
if they told her about it, she said she would have run to Tevin and told him immediately, and he would have played his idol. So uh, also, interesting enough, a little bit of behind the scenes here, but yeah. between Shona and Tevin, um, they both knew about the hidden immunity idol that she was going to go hide at Tribal Council, and apparently she had a kit there that she was making it, and she did some some pre-season, she, she mentioned something about yeah, you know yeah. learning how to make the beads and things like that. She was planning on planting many idols this season, not just that one. She was making multiple idols to plant, but they used Tevin's idol, the original idol bag, um, and I believe some of the notes in there for her to to put it into that little the outpost idol that that he had. So they actually used some of that so to make it even look more legitimate, which that was never yeah. really explained. So uh, because of that, Shona was not included in this vote here, but she immediately runs back to people who she's got a connection with, which is Phil um, and the likes of Dino to let them know that yeah. Seamus is coming for uh, Dino. So obviously that's not going to work out here for Seamus this episode. Uh, I did feel bad for Seamus Zoe because I enjoyed seeing him this season and I really, really wanted him to go to the merge, you know, um, because he seems, again, like such a capable player. Mm. I did feel sorry for him as well, but watching Seamus play is like watching me drive. I'm going to trash <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other. I'm gonna knock something. And that's why I don't drive. And so you think here he is, he got it, he got it. And it's like, no, just accelerator, trash on something out of the game. I did feel sorry for him because once again he was playing too fast and he was not aware of the people he was playing with. And I don't really blame him. I had no idea how close Dino and Teresa were. I reached out mentioning at some point, but I just thought you were dreaming. Like, oh, yeah, whatever, he's lying. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. Like, how do these people get so close? I feel like this off-season relationship that we don't know about are not only the biggest threat to the game, but also what tend to blindside people because they are not aware of it. They are not flashy like Tony and PK. They don't have matching tattoos. So they don't really know how deep their connection goes. And that for me is the danger because even as a viewer, I'm mind blown at this connection that I don't even know where they start and where they end. And I feel like that also contributes towards Kilani being on the outside because she does not have this off outside of game connection. So she can't bond with these people. Yeah, I think that with Dino, as someone who has spoken to him quite a few times, and we've had him on the podcast before to help us recap uh, Survivor 42, that if Dino has met you in real life, assume that he's close with that person. That's that's really, really Dino. Dino's social game is on point. The guy connects like no one else's business. So for me, if I went into this season... I'm amazed that people did not realize how close Dino is to Teresa and how close he is to Pinty. Because if you know Dino, if you've ever spoken to Dino, you know that Teresa and Dino were in the same tribe twice in their first season. You know they spent a lot of time on the same beach. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. Teresa is going to want to work with him because he's a nice guy and he is the person that we're seeing here. And one of the things that Dino is doing insanely well this season, yeah. even in this position here, he's like, oh, guys, you're going to look out for me, right? You're not going to let me go this way. He's like the lost puppy. And Seamus saw through it. Seamus is like, you know, he's got this lost puppy, like he's yes. a, a, in trouble type of act, but that is not Dino. Dino is a strategic player sitting behind it. So two people who are seeing through it right now is Seamus and Dante. Dante is still in the game and he's trying to convince people of the threat that Dino is where a lot of people aren't really seeing it because I feel like his gameplay at this point, Richard, is on point and he is convincing and fooling people out there. 
Oh my god, it's insane. Like Dino is playing a game a lot of super fans would wish they, they they could play because he's leaving everything out there like you know when maybe some people would have given up, you know, he's just keeps on fighting and trying to figure out a way to to survive. And like you said, he's really an amazing person. I mean, one of the uh, one of my best friends outside the game, he usually doesn't like a lot of people, but when he met Dino, he absolutely fell in love with him. So that shows how much of a social player Dino Dean, oh, yeah. Dean Dino is um, but he's playing such an, an amazing game because not only does he have the social pull that he doesn't need to to, to sort of like um, go out and scramble like he was doing in his first season people are coming to him to sort of like saying we want you to be in the game and we're not going to vote you out and then at a later stage um, in, in the next episode we do see him using <laughs> emotional manipulation as a way to defer himself you know into the game so he's he's mastering the good side and the dark side and i feel like that's that's top level threat i agree with dante yeah uh, i'm excited to see it play out here jody says that when i met dino he couldn't stop talking about how amazing Teresa is and how good she is at the game so it's awesome to see them potentially being a power couple here this season and Teresa and dino both mega mega fans super fans of the show like i mean Teresa, you know even after her season kept coming into the lives last season, when we were talking about Survivor, South Africa, Community Island, she um, has reached that a few times outside of the game. Just a nice yeah. person. So I'm really happy for Teresa as this big fan going out there, having a yeah. better experience. And the same for Dino, because you want fans that go out there to have the experience that both of them are currently having, which is sort of running the game. But also, again, going back on this episode to Dante, a little bit of um, smarts here being used, chopping off all the symbols on the tree, which I thought was very clever before they yeah. left um, potentially for a, a tribe swap. And uh, again, just showing you that Dante is like uh, Richard, you said, he's that person who's just, he's not stopping. He is playing nonstop this season. He's playing hard. And, you know, I love seeing it. I love seeing players play yeah. this hard. There is a place for people to be the hard player. There's a place for people to be the person that gets in the car and crashes it like Seamus Zoe. <laughs> there is a place for a pinty um, in the season to be out there. I, I enjoy seeing these different personalities, the variety of personalities that we're getting in Survivor South Africa. I don't think, and, and those that are in the live that watch Survivor Australia, that watch um, the US Survivor show, I believe South Africa's got the biggest scope of variety and personalities that yeah. plays Survivor. And I think for me personally, uh, that's why Survivor South Africa is winning right now. It is, in my opinion, Richard, probably the, the yeah. best franchise. And it's got a fraction of the budget that those biggest shows have. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still going to stick into saying that Australian Survivor is the best franchise out of all the... the, the Can we remove them, Zoe? Like, what, what is he talking about? Yeah. Let's get him out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I, hope, I hope Luru isn't watching this, otherwise they'll be in trouble. Um, but um, what is the question again? Oh, my God. Yeah, you're trashing over Australia. Then what happens when you talk about Australia, you lose your common sense because you're not making sense that Africa is the best. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was talking about the variety and personalities that Survivors of Africa brings to, to a cast. Yes, um, I think uh, South Africa is quite a diverse um, place in terms of race, um, accent, you know, um, economic standpoint. So, you know, you do get the wider, you know, range of, of, of people to, to, to pick from as opposed to, you know, more um, developed, you know, countries like, you know, Australia and, and, and the US. So I think that's maybe a major reason why we're more diverse, but I'm loving the character. Anyone, I think, can relate to it, at least one character. You know, there's big characters, there's chilled characters, there's smart, there's 
not so smart characters. So, yeah. <laughs> who do you relate to the most at the moment, Richard? Um, I'd love putting to you on say the spot Dino. here. Um, but, you know, I see I a Dino know. in you. I definitely see a, a little bit of that Dino in you. So, I think you're 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 not too far off the mark there, Zoe. Um, oh, Zoe. You know, what what's your what's your thoughts on the cast? Who do you think you relate to the most at this stage in the game? I love the cast. I just think South Africans are saucy, they're spicy, they've got a personality, and it just shows all the time on TV. How are you doing? Um, <laughs> who do I relate to? Well, I have multiple personalities, so I'm a mixture of Steffi, Shauna, and Palisa. Full. <laughs> I agree. Definitely a little bit of full in there. I see a lot of full in Zoe, to be honest. But, um, you know, I think that for me, if I had to look at it right now, uh, it's it's actually quite hard. I mean, I like all the players, but I do think that I would be that Dante character that just goes very hard when I'm out there. Maybe a little bit of the social, I think the social aspect, I'd be a little bit different. So I don't know, it's maybe yeah. like a mixture between like a Dante and a, a Marion at this stage. I feel like a, a mixture between those, could, which could be a dangerous combo. I don't know if I should be putting those kinds of targets on myself here because uh, Marion's a very- I think you are more of Phil. Oh, really? Well, I'll take that. Yeah, I see you going mad- on confessions and coming back and smiling everybody's faces and be nice like dinner and then when you get to the confessions you're like full on feel and sweating right. at everybody behind our backs and come back and smile <laughs> future players future players of survivors of africa i would never do that to you okay never i would be nothing but honest to your face all the time um we've got odette here in the live saying also has to be said that essay screws with the um original format the og format the least which is true like it does not mess around with that a lot yeah. um and then fury tiger here saying hi chris zoe and richard hi fury tiger uh shona vote was almost as painful as watching the challenge how could any of dino or shona or philip not vote for dante so painful to watch and we will go into that um a little bit later on when we talk about that vote uh adrian celestia saying imagine if dino paleso and Teresa trio uh were to link up and work together that would be a, a very dangerous combo hey zoe it is. Um, and Teresa for me is just like a very strategic person who doesn't speak much. She just gets up, make the necessary moves and go back and sit down. For me, that is so dangerous because you don't see her coming on how she was able to pull Tejan into the alliance and putting... Felix in a position where he has to choose. You can see that she's constantly thinking and watching and how she doesn't, she sees Steffi and Kilani. I am scared that if they don't vote her out as soon as possible, they will be sorry because Teresa seems to be shut up and get to the vote and do the work. Don't talk to me, don't be noisy, don't be loud, just sit back, relax and vote. And that is for me extremely, extremely dangerous. And I'm proud of her to be honest. This is the longest time I've seen her play and she is on the right side of the vote at all times. She knows everything happening around her. So yeah, she is definitely dangerous right now. And underestimated, very much underestimated. Yes. Like she said, you know, she has that ability to sit in a conversation and people don't notice that she's there and they're just having this conversation. Um, Tereso, the robot of Survivor South Africa, I am enjoying it so far. Zudu Man here uh, says that I agree. South Africa definitely had the best casting, 100%. Every player always seems very different in their personalities, which is exactly uh, what I meant. Uh, 
Adrian says, exactly, Zoe. That's why I think Palisa and Teresa are sort of playing the same game this season, but Palisa is more stealthy about it. I actually think that Teresa is being reasonably stealthy about it as well. But then again, we have heard some people at least mention Teresa where Palisa, I feel like just no one's talking about her at all at any time. Like she's just not come up in conversation. So that just tells you the level of um, under the radar gameplay that she's playing at this stage but uh, i do want to keep it moving here on this yeah. second episode uh there's a couple of cool challenges here there's obviously the reward challenge where they have to move the card through the obstacle course then build a puzzle at the end dino blows it completely out of the water with a puzzle you know that was a funny scene with him enjoying the roller coaster ride and and the gifts are all over the place dino's not gonna be able to escape that now for the rest <laughs> of his life but um again dino just showing how much of a threat he is here in the puzzle portion of the game which continues to add that threat level on him by the likes of like a Seamus and a Dante yeah. Seamus trying to say hey this guy's the best puzzle maker in the history of Survivor South Africa the franchise we need to get him out of here before we get to the merge um, and in Survivor South Africa Richard there is a more of a balance I feel like when it comes to immunity challenges where a lot of other franchises have gone only to physical like mm -hmm. again Odette said here they remain closer to the original format which is to combine physical and mental and puzzles and everything in one when it comes to challenges. So Dino, a player like Dino, actually has value in the South African franchise. Yeah, um, because obviously, maybe if you're not, um, obviously the, the 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 casting is diverse, and you know they don't only cast fit players. They also cast people that are not so you know buff or have abs. So you know you always want a challenge where everyone can show their value otherwise people that you know aren't physical are going to be voted out in the sense you know i mean we see it a lot happen in australian survivor um, but yeah I, I must say for for someone of bodies uh dino's body type he's also doing well in in the physical aspects of the challenges i mean he was running up the the, the, the ramps and you know um showing he can be uh, even throwing the the, the 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 basketballs or something like that so he's really showing that he's more than just uh a puzzle, yeah. A puzzle. And he's having fun. Pinty calling yeah. him a marshmallow man. This, uh, my chocolates. <laughs> my, my chocolates, my marshmallows, my yogurts, my yogurts. You see all the nice food. I'm like, Pinty, why are you making me laugh? I don't want to laugh at your jokes, but I'll end it. You don't make me laugh now. <laughs> uh, and Tina like... just seemed to be having so much fun, especially on that episode. It's nice to see fans leaving in the moment. Like, it's a game. Uh, uh, Dante doesn't do that. Like, he's so in, he's so focused. Seriously, Even when yeah. he's winning, he's still yelling and stripping, like, yo, dude, you won celebrate it's like oh yeah i'm sorry and while dino on um on the other side he is leaving in a moment every time of it yeah. he's having the time of his life it makes it fun for us to watch him have fun it was interesting that that specific one where they won and Dante just went off his head shouting at Tony, which is like, it's too much, winch, winch. And um, Steffi was the one who was the Dante whisperer and actually calmed him down, which was interesting to see. She's like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. We won, you know, type of thing. Um, so it shows you the level of respect Dante has for Steffi as well there to yeah. actually bring himself down. Because I feel like there's not many people that can bring him down like that um, when he's that intense. But uh, yeah, you're right. So they do go for the reward. There's a bit of mac and cheese and lentils up for grabs uh, for this specific reward. Tony and 
Tajin gets an opportunity to go visit the other camp. And uh, Richard, you're good friends here with both Tajin and Tony. What did you yeah. think of them infiltrating and the choice that the tribe made and actually seeing that these two were on the outs? Like, probably it wasn't as difficult after PK left for them to know mm -hmm. that they wouldn't have been in on that boat. But what did you think of the choice of getting both of them over to the other tribe? And also, how did you think Tajin and Tony did when they had the opportunity? Yeah, it was actually um, an on-point assessment by seeing that, you know, Tejan, Tony at the, at the bottom. Um, I'm assuming maybe Dino was the one that knew that because he knows the relationship Tejan and Dino have, or Tejan and Tony have outside the game. And, you know, look, I'm, I'm happy that they won mac and cheese and all of that. But, you know, there's, there's a lot to discuss in terms of what happened at the, at, at the reward and, you know, the the... the, the beans that were spilled. I'll, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. leave Zoe to talk more about that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you want me to get into trouble with Tony. <laughs> you want, want Tony, Tony to come after me. Well, I spoke to her um, after I did my first review and awesome. I think she's okay with me, you know, taking my truth. I don't think she took it too personally. So yeah, thank God for that. So I'm not going to stop. Sorry, girl. But yo, somebody needs to get come out. Yes, as that girl can talk. Yeah, yeah, Tony. She explains it by saying she's at the bottom anyway. So, what's the worst that could happen? But to me, that's not a smart move to make in a game of Survivor because you're pretty much telling everybody else that you are not to be trusted. If we do you wrong, you will spill our beans, you will spill our information. What in the world would I want to work with someone like that? How to the no? I will use it for the numbers until I'm comfortable, and then I will cast it to the side. She's too dangerous, and her mouth is extremely reckless, and she's predictable because nobody was sitting there wondering what she's going to say. They all knew she was going to tell everybody secret to the enemy. It's like yeah. when she came back, nobody cared what she had to say because they all knew the truth. Even Tejan confirmed, it's like, yeah, yeah, we already know. That is not a good play in Survivor and I'm confused on why she keeps digging her own grave. Like, I, I can't take Tony anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just Closet, leave it closet. I'll see you when I come back. <laughs> Don't move. <laughs> yeah, just to say something, uh, and it was interesting what Tejan said when they went back to camp. He sort of like was like, "Hey, I made a promise to Tony that I'll never write her name down." But at this point, oopsie. Yeah, we're still here. Oh yeah, uh, I was saying that it was quite interesting to see how you know well, Tejan's confessional after they came back to their OG yes. tribe. Um, that, you know, he was like, mm, you know, I think I might have to write down Tony's name if I have to, because, you know, I don't really have a choice um, because of how she's, you know, playing in terms of spilling beans and, you know, being quite out there. You know, it's not good for yeah. his game. Yeah, we definitely we definitely saw that. And he he threw her under the bus very quickly. He wasn't happy about the fact that she um, gave as much information away as freely as she did. Um, I agree with Zoe. It's it's not good. Like information is yeah. key in Survivor. And if you give that away freely, then you have to look at that and say, well, Tony's going to be a loose end for my alliance as well. But I can use her. And I think what Tony's doing here is she's saying, hey, I'm up for sale. And, you know, the best I mean. products out there, 
you know, you can have the best product, but if the marketing's not on point, if you're not selling yourself to the other side, then maybe they don't know that you're that vote. So she's trying to sell herself, maybe going a little bit overboard with this thing here. But I think Tony is one of those people that will agree. She wears her emotions on her sleeve yes, and she's not happy with Dante. She's not happy with the fact that PK has been voted out. I said here in the last week that she is going to flip as soon as she can. I think it was obvious for everyone. I think it's bad on the other tribe for having made the mistake of keeping Tony in the game this long. Maybe they should have thrown an extra challenge before the the, the um, swap happened here <laughs> just to make sure they don't have this loose end still in the game. Because I don't think Tony in any universe is going to go back and work with these people, especially if Dante is there. Now, if Dante gets taken out of the equation before we get to the merge, I do think there is a realm of possibility where Tony yeah. might go back and work with like a Marion, for instance. Um, I do think that could still happen down the line. And they obviously also had their conversation about everything that happened in the first week. Zoe, um, we kind of skipped over it a little bit here, but, you know, I did say, well, you know, Tony will probably apologize or do her own thing at her own time. And obviously there's certain mm. things that they can talk about, but she did apologize to her actually in the game. And that was shown. And I was very happy that that was shown yeah. because yeah. I think in a game like survivor, things get very hectic and it gets very personal and emotional at times. So I'm happy that they had that moment <laughs> to sit on the beach and talk about it afterwards. Yeah, it was a beautiful moment. I loved it. I like the fact that they started with this. We can get it out of the way and move on. Um, I was happy about it. And they are both they both read each other perfectly well. Marion knows that Tony's on her out. She so just needs to be given some reassurance and made to feel good about herself until they get rid of her. They are pretty much aware that she's going to flip wherever she goes. And mm -hmm. Tony knows that if she flips wherever she goes to, she will be at a bottom. It's a lose-lose situation for Tony anyways. So I don't think they made a bad decision by keeping her again because wherever she goes, she will forever be at the bottom. And if she gets voted or tried, we know she's going to throw a tantrum. We know she's going to try. She's going to be emotional and continue to piss people off. So why remove someone in a game where you know guaranteed on-site, panty level, going to screw up her own game? Like Phil, give her the rope. She eventually will hang herself and bury herself in the process. So why bother her? Yeah, <laughs> I agree 100%. Uh, Flynn Masters here says that, so two weeks in, and I think it's safe to say that we're in for an all-time great season. I agree with you, Flynn Masters. Flynn Masters also has a YouTube for Survivor, so go check that out if you guys are not aware. Uh, I will be doing some podcasting with Flynn Masters and a bunch of other very talented YouTube content creators where we will do all the rankings for all the Survivor seasons for the four weeks leading into Survivor 43. And Flynn Masters and Russell Muscle TV, who you guys yeah. have seen on the podcast, they will be hosting those podcasts um, as we do them going into uh, that season. So really excited about that. Uh, Adrian here says, Tony is just the best period. Let's be real. Um, yeah, I think, I think Tony is having a tough time out there and it's not gone the way that she would have liked for it to go, but uh, doesn't, you know, I, I love seeing Tony back on my screen and I hope she returns again. Like I would much rather have Tony go out there four times than a lot of other players, you know, because she is going to give you entertainment. <laughs> she is going to be fun to watch um, on the show. Uh, Adrian here says, I'm surprised we haven't seen Tony versus Pinty fight yet. Um, well, we probably will see a Steffi Pinty fight next week. That's what the, 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 the previews have shown us. And listen, you know, you made some bold calls, Zoe. You said that um, Pinty would never step up against the likes of a Steffi or some other, you know, very more imposing physical players. I don't think this is going to go well for, for, for Pinty. 
gone up against Ronald yeah. up against Steffi. And one more thing that Teresa said that I was screaming about. Teresa's like, Steffi is a double ganger of piety. I was yeah. like, no. <laughs> I don't think they're the same. I don't think, I don't think, like, listen, yes, Steffi is definitely, I see it in the stubbornness, but I do think that Steffi does have from what I've seen in the game, and I can't speak about them outside of the game because I don't yeah. know them outside of the game as well. I know really? Steffi better than than Pinty, but I do know that I think Steffi's got more of that emotional awareness. Yes, she's hot-headed, but I do think she's got that capability um, oh. to sit down and have that deeper level of conversation and get people at a deeper level compared to Pinty from what I've seen in the game. And, and that could yeah. be very different in real life, and I'm sure Pinty does have that outside of the game. But in the game, I haven't seen evidence of it. So I don't know if it's a fair comparison, but I see the hot-headedness yeah. and the stubbornness. I see that. Yeah, and Teresa was having a fun time of her life in the confession, saying she cannot wait for Steffi and Pinty to be on camp together because I think she can already see that these personalities are going to clash. And I'm just like, we're eating for a dry season. I cannot wait to see that fight. Mm-mm. Adrian here saying Teresa's confessional about Steffi and Kalani mm -hmm. talking about fitness was a mood like relatable. Um, and I think we spoke about that earlier. It was great. Uh, Zudaman also saying that off topic, but this week I've learned how much I enjoy full. I think we're all on the same page. Like I'm a big full stand after uh, this week as well. So uh, yeah, he's, he's having a great season and long may it continue because we need a lot more of the great confessionals, the Jack Russell, angry pinty confessionals on the beach who, who, who owns the dog that's off a leash you know that that to me was really funny and actually he called didn't he call her a dog twice he's like if we stick with pinty and we keep her here she's going to be loyal like a dog like what is it <laughs> and pinty bringing up it's stuck in his head for some other reason um but yeah this episode obviously ultimately Seamus goes home uh, we yeah. go into the next episode, and this is going to be over two episodes uh, that it's going to sort of stretch out because there's a big challenge in the middle of it. But it starts off with a tribe swap, and we all knew that the tribe swap was going to happen at some stage. Everybody knew that a returnee season, they weren't going to go through a whole season without it. But I thought that they spaced it out well because you know you sometimes get these very early tribe swaps in seasons before things kind of settle in, and you don't really get to see who is the power players very early on because it's so much yeah. in flux. But in a season where pre-mergers goes up against mergers, you want to see that theme play out a little bit before you start uh, intermingling and getting the tribes uh, swapped into each other. So I thought yeah. it was well done here. And Shona is the person that gets the orange vial. And I asked her this question. I was shocked when she went to the tribe with the the least amount of numbers from her previous tribe. Okay. And I still, you know, I understand she said she had a better connection with both Phil and Dino. And I understand that she said, you know, she wanted to make this really risky play and it's, it was going to be yeah. great. But I still think that she had a brain fart here, Zoe. Why did she go that way? Like, what was your reactions to seeing Shona go with, you know, uh, we both love Phil, we both love Dino, but why go to these two lovable guys aside when you know you're going outside of the numbers? Does not make sense to me. It's Shona living in La La Land where everything is just rainbows and unicorns and doesn't really calculate the risk in the way that she's supposed to. She thought she can just come in and everything will play how way she can give in the numbers and change the game around and make big moves. 
yeah but girl when that doesn't happen one of her is going home and mm. it was just a brain feast for her and she was focused on making big moves and living in la la land where everything happens according to shauna's way it was the biggest mistake that she made because if she just let phil and um adina go their own way it would have been a mess. Phil would have went home, dinner would have stayed, or they would have turned at one of the girls. Something magical could have happened to break down the breakfast club. And she went there and she just screwed it for herself. I don't understand it. I do understand it in a Shona La La Land way, but mm -hmm. in reality, she definitely miscalculated. Yeah, it was it was very shocking to see. I did not see that specific selection going out the way that it did and her going to that side. Uh, Flynn Masters here also saying it's so heartbreaking seeing the pre-mergers go out pre-merge again. Yeah. Yes, it is tough. And yeah. that emotional moment, and we kind of skipped over it between Dino and Seamus where Dino is like, you know, you came for me. I, I had to go for you. That was a, a great moment because this is coming from a one super fan to another super fan. Seamus said on the exit interview yesterday, he believes he's a better fan than a player. Like, he, he, he you know, yeah. he loved being a fan of the show, but being out there is tough, you know. Um, and I think they just related on that level. They connected. And, yeah. and Dino did not want to go that direction, but Seamus kind of forced his hand here. Um, and that's why I think both Seamus and Tevin, maybe more so Seamus than Tevin, Seamus played himself out of the game, sadly, in that spot. But, you know, we've got Shauna. She's gone into this new tribe. And now she's laying down the law, Richard. She's telling them about you know the rules around camp, you know, not searching in each other's bags. Shane couldn't care less. He, you know, as soon as they dispersed, he's in the bags. He's looking. He's saying those are not the rules of players who make the merge. Yeah, I mean, uh, classic Shane. It was a nice sort of like throwback to to, to season five, where obviously him and. Uh, Marion were quite famous for stealing idols, even though, you know, Marion doesn't want, you know, to be associated with that anymore. Um, but it was sort of nice seeing that flashback of him being like, we're only here by invitation. No one's going to tell me what to do. So I'm sort of seeing this nice side to Shane and I'm liking it. <laughs> Sorry. That's my man. That's my man. I was so proud of him. He made me so happy. I'm like, that's my man right there. Go through the bags. So something because I understand his thinking. You have to have something at your advantage. You can't just be bringing your beautiful self, Shauna, into in the Lions where you don't have numbers. Do you have an idol? Do you have an advantage? You have to be coming in to help them somehow. Like your yeah. presence alone are not enough. So I was definitely with Shane over there. I think he made a good decision. I would have definitely have searched his bags, her bag. If I ever make it to Survivor, do yourself a favor. Just know that Zoe is going to your bags. I'll be searching for everything. And if I find an idol, I can't steal it. But I don't remember them saying I can't throw it to the ocean. <laughs> Love it. I, uh, I, I accidentally just... misplaced. I accidentally misplaced your bag in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, no, I think I think it's a it's a, it's an interesting strategy. I don't know the rules around moving people's belongings and if that's listed in the rules, you know, and as they a player you need to find a gray spot. Deal. They didn't say don't destroy. I have to read. We might have to get a little to uh confirm confirm yeah. or deny if this is a, a rule in survival or not but um yeah I, I agree with you it was it was interesting you know shane's not been getting a lot of confessionals but when he does get confessionals he's on point every single time even in this episode uh when he talks about dante having such a 
a big focus on yes. Dino. And because of him pushing in that direction, it could get him voted out of the game. He saw Dante swap flipping on um, himself and potentially uh, Chappies in the first in the breakfast club in the first episode. So his reads are still accurate. Like Shane is still that dangerous player that we know from his original season. We're just not seeing a lot of content from him, which could be a good thing that he's going deep. But I do question that if Shane was the winner of the season, would we have seen so little from him? Like, I feel like he would be a lot more instrumental in the storytelling. And this is again, going into the edgic side of things, but yeah. um, he is definitely a capable player. And, I was worried for Shane coming into the season. I wasn't sure if he was going to make the merge, but you know him doing as well as he is, I think he's going to solidify himself for a future returnee season if he yet still wants to come back and play a future All-Star season, for example, because he's playing a great game at this point, even maybe though it's a little bit understated at this stage. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that he'd be in trouble as, 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 as soon as you know the word go, you know, looking at him being like the older of the players and having the yes. reputation of a villain. It's like you have every reason to get him out as soon as you can. But we're sort of seeing him sort of like dimmed down. And he sort of, he has mentioned in a confessional that he at some point wants to be in control. And maybe that's foretelling what's going to happen in the future. Um, and then obviously we saw a conversation he had with Marion where he's like, if Dante is not careful, he could see himself blindsided. And maybe, you know, maybe Shane is the one to pull the bullet with, with Marion to sort of like hit back on season five where they were a dangerous duo. You know, the fact that they're still in the game is quite, it's quite scary. Could they replace like a, a Dante with someone like a full who Marianne has got a connection with outside of the game and maybe is seen as lesser volatile compared to Dante. Full might not want to be the person in charge where Dante is trying to impose his will on these people all the time. He's trying to say it's Dante's way or the highway. And I feel like that is potentially a direction they could move in. I can very easily see them saying, well, Dante's becoming too much of a, a liability. And this episode at the end, when Dino plays the idol, and we'll talk about him finding that and everything, uh, Dante really needs to let everybody know i told you guys see this is what i said this is why this is why you need to vote dino out he's so dangerous in the game i told you now i don't know about you but i don't think he's read the book how to you know influence people and make friends you know he's definitely not (laughs) doing that because telling people i told you so marianne looked really annoyed by that Zoe. A hundred percent so. I was also annoyed. I know you told us so, but that was not the time to be screaming and yelling at people. And I was literally counting down, hoping that their last vote is Dante. So he can yell his way out of the game. I do not want to hear him yelling at people like they are school children. And I really think it would be a good idea for the girls to actually say, you know what? We like Dino. He's dangerous, yes. But how about we just use Dino to get... Dante out and you still to get Dino out and have peace. Mm. Mm. But Why not at this point? It's a little bit of a dangerous move, I feel like, keeping Dino uh, in the game now that he has proven, Richard, that he can find <laughs> idols. Because you don't know if he potentially uh, does find an idol after Dante gets voted out. They're using that Dino vote. Uh, Dino is still a very capable player, a student of the game. I can see why people are seeing him as a threat. Like Both him and Tevin, in my mind, coming back this season, were the two players with the biggest um, potential. And I think that that has followed them into the season. Like Dino didn't really achieve much in that first season. Merrill even says to Dante, him playing this puppy dog game, you know, him being the emotional person, almost like, hey, so weak and meek and I can't look after myself. That did not get him far in his original season. So maybe she is underestimating 
what Dino can do. And I do think Dante is right, but the way that he's delivering that message, I think is getting lost on people. And I do think, I agree with Zoe, I see the downfall for Dante here. I think Dante will go pro for the merge. When's the best time to take out a juggernaut such as Dante? Just before the merge, because if he gets there, he could pull a chappie. He could go on an immunity run. And here's also another thing. Dante knows where, uh, sorry, Dino knows where Shona's idol is. So next time, if he doesn't have an idol and he needs to convince them to get a Dante, he can just put up that idol right before the vote. And if you're going to, Dante, Dino has an idol, who else are you going to aim for between Phil and Dante? You might as well use that opportunity to get rid of Dante. And since Dino knows who the idol is, he still has a little bit of power over them. So I'm really interested how Dino used the information and how he plays um, the remaining idols in the game. So, so here's a trend with Dante, right? So Adrian here brings up, Dante is like the reverse boy who cried wolf, where the people believe the boy, but him reminding yeah. the people again and again is annoying. Now, in his original season, he was yeah. trying to remind people that, hey, Rob Bentelli is going to win this game. Rob is the biggest threat. He saw it, but people did yeah. not believe him or didn't go with him. There is something here, and this is why Flynn... Um, you know, you're saying that I've been super impressed with Dante's gameplay this season. The man finally has power. I agree, but there's this there's this little bit that's off with Dante. Like he's he's his read is good. He's right to be in charge and to be the person who tries to control his own fate. But there is something missing in the execution for me where he misses that little bit of social tact to make people feel good about moving with him. And I think that yeah. he is being protected in this tribe by Meryl. His connection with Meryl, I think, is something that really is keeping him within that alliance with Marion. So even if Marion is annoyed, she also wants to work with Meryl. Meryl is a part mm. of the full package with those girls. I don't think she necessarily wants to go against Meryl this early in the game. And I think that Meryl is the person, once again, in this game that is kind of keeping him protected within that alliance, kind of cocooned in a little bit, where, you know, Tony had Trish from his season in Kageyan. Yeah. Dante's got... Meryl potentially I know that um, there was some parallels mentioned before we went live between maybe like yeah. a Tony Vlacos game and a Dante game but the one thing I do think Tony Vlacos had was even though he was this crazy character that went off at people or spoke llama to cash and castle you know, <laughs> uh, all these different things that happened yeah. at the end of the day he still knew how to make people like him I don't know yeah. if Dante is that person that is coming across as likable to his tribe mates Richard yeah I mean Dante has the makings of a good player and I feel like you're on point with with, with what his weakness is um, but I think you know he's not he, I mean he's bad but I'm just gonna try to make a point for him because I mean we, we in this episode you know the fact that he was sort of able to agree with Shona getting the votes and not really forcing the opinion of Dino going into people's heads no matter what sort of does show that he is at least has 1% of, of, of social awareness to be like, okay, if you guys don't want to do it, then I'll go with you guys. But obviously... But then he's still going to keep it in mind. And he's like, see, that's why you guys should have listened to me. You see, it would have been good if you could have just, <laughs> just stayed quiet and be like, okay, we've made a mistake. But, but I think that one thing that you can't take away from Dante is that he is putting his heart and soul out there this season to win this game. game. He is passionate yeah. about this game. Mm -hmm. He wants to win the game. So um, I, I've read the chat a little bit here. Flamaster yeah. says that edit-wise, um, they're propping up Dante a lot, which I agree. But then they've propped up Seamus a lot. They've propped up Tevin a lot. There, there's a, a, a clear 
um, sort of pattern here that is being followed that the players with the biggest yeah. edits at times are the ones that are getting sort of booted very early on. And we also know that with Survivors of Africa, they're not afraid of not giving their um, winners a very low under the radar edit. So anyone, I, I actually this season am not counting anyone out of potentially still winning this game. Maybe Pinty. Uh, I, I think <laughs> her getting to the end would be tough for her to convince people, but who knows if she has like an epiphany and breaks down in front of tribe members later on and about her early game being so bad and then people really enjoy her. Like I, I don't, I find it hard in Survivors of Africa, Richard, to count anyone out at any stage because I've been shocked twice in this franchise when it comes to big winners. It, it, it's difficult to predict who's, who's going to win, you know. I, I'll just maybe put myself out there so that, you know, if I'm, if, if I'm wrong, people can laugh at me. But I think people... Yeah, let's do a winner's wrong. prediction. Let's All three of us. What, who's your winner prediction at this stage, Richard? No, I'll, I'll say a, a final three prediction. I think that's more easier to run around. I think uh, right, Meryl is definitely making it far in the game. Um, I think Alessa is also going to make it quite far in the game. Um, the fourth person, um, I can make a wild guess and say Teresa, all women final three. Fingers crossed. <laughs> it's final final two this season, but yeah, we'll go final three. Oh, yeah. who, do you, who do you think? Who do you think final three? Uh -oh. I have no idea and i'm happy being clueless right now because i don't want to get my heart broken if things went my way the full package will be at the funnel that is steffi marianne and um mariel but chances of that happening is is really slim i don't see them pulling it off i don't know and i'm not gonna blow my head i like being surprised just in case you guys didn't know i love surprises so let's keep them coming okay cd let's hope it happens like steffi's not on my team but i'm a big i'm i'm team steffi all the way i enjoy steffi <laughs> i love steffi but so yeah i i think full package like i mean if you're looking at a, a there's a reason we saw that alliance early on steffi marianne and meryl and then obviously you know steffi in this specific uh episode gets swapped into a tribe that's not the the core alliance of her so she's in a vulnerable yes. spot but let's not forget that marianne has diplomatic immunity you know she's itching to make a move because i think marianne for two reasons wants to make this move firstly steffi is her closest ally steffi told her about the idol that she found yeah. go steffi um and again just solidifying that you know shane is the the obvious person that everybody thinks is marianne's number one but she's got an undercover alliance with steffi that is actually her number one this season. She will cut Shane before Steffi, which is really interesting to me that she's moved on. I've said for a while now, this is Shane's blind spot in the game that he doesn't realize that it's a new season. Who this, you know? And basically that's what's <laughs> happening right now. She's got her new, uh, you know, uh, her, her ride or die for this season and it's Steffi. So, you know, Steffi will potentially be safe because that diplomatic community, I believe Marion will play just to build her own resume when she needs to. And I'm hoping that Stephanie does not tell her, listen, I'm good on this side. I've got Kalani because Kalani is not going to save you <laughs> if it comes down to the votes. You're outside of the numbers there. And if Steffi joins that tribe, boy, oh boy, will that be a powerful tribe again. But then again, another really good thing here with Steffi and bringing back Steffi as well is someone in the beginning of last week said that Steffi could be the Tyson apostle of the season. And I said, 
Well, no, because even though she's injured coming into the season, she was still a beast and she was better than everyone else. But she now legitimately in this episode injures herself. She's got uh, uh, something around a brace around her, her knee. So maybe she will become a bit more of a Tyson Apostle this season, Richard, with people thinking that she's not going to be a threat when it comes to the physical challenges. So she potentially has room to play here and make it a lot deeper in the game than what we maybe initially thought she would. Yeah, obviously with an injury being a part of the game, you know, it's all right, brings out a new complexity in the game. And, you know, even the people in her alliance must now possibly think of getting rid of her because, you know, at any point of the game, she could re-injure herself and then the plans of the alliance falls apart. Um, but I do think, I mean, we don't know how uh, how the situation is going to go in the Masu 2.0 tribe. Um, but I think it does serve Steffi better to be in the in, in the Yontar tribe with uh, to reunite with you know the full package and and the Breakfast Club, um, because yeah things are not looking good for for her. But you know she seems to be socializing with you know people she has something in common, which is in Kilani, and you know that's about it that we got from Steffi this 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 episode. Wouldn't it be so nice if they got rid of Deno and then replaced Deno with Steffi? Or got rid of Dante and replaced Dante with Steffi? Oh my God, I can't wait. I want to see this. I my mind is made up. It's going to happen. In my world, yeah. in me and Shona's world, it's happening. Yeah. Well, on the subject of Shona... You know, Shona is the other person who gets injured here this episode. Firstly, the challenge was a brutal, brutal challenge. Shout out to Tony for getting a 120 kilogram ball rolled over the finishing line. Some gold power there from her. Obviously, you know, age is just yep. the number and she got that over <laughs> there on her own. Well done, Tony. That was impressive to see. You know, you still have it. That's for sure. But, um, you know, Shona here in this episode, she ends up getting body checked by Pinty and Pinty. Um, I believe gets an elbow in Shona's rib. She nearly gets a medivac from the game here. And this after Nico, you know, repeatedly said throughout the challenge, no body checking, you know, keep it clean, keep it fair. And I understand I've played rugby before. I understand when things get physical, sometimes people lose their minds, but he was clear about it. So, I've got two problems here that I want to discuss on this podcast, and I left it for last uh, for us to discuss because it's a big one for me th this week. This was the biggest yeah. moment here for the week. You know, should Pinty have been removed from this challenge because Nico called it out so many times, and then she ended up body checking Shona here? Zoe, what's your thoughts on this? Um, I don't think she should have been removed. It happened. It happened. Um, I was just disappointed all over again. Because even though I don't like contact sports, um, but I've been to a couple of fights, so I know it feels like to be here. I always say that when you are fighting with someone you love, whether it's your brother at home, struffing around, you fight not to kill. You fight to disarmor. And I don't think she understands that. When she reacted to Shauna, it was with so much force and so much anger that we saw before the border slam is like she was getting annoyed by Shona keep on coming yeah. at her and uh, she wanted her to just back off like Pinty you are not a big back scatter wolf you don't want to say back off and I'm going to back off it's a physical contact I'm going to keep coming back and control your emotions and when you are pushing me back push me back to disarm me not to kill me I don't know how she played and I drowned with kids when she was little. Like, I don't know. I don't understand 
did you not have friends? Like, I, I don't get it. It was so much force and so much anger. And just hearing Shona scream like that, I was scared for her. I thought she may have broken her ribs and punctured her lungs. She maybe had internal bleeding. I was just scared. And I couldn't understand how can a person, a reasonable-minded human being, think applying so much force to someone like that was a right call in a game. You're not running for your life yet. It's a game. Play by the rules and don't hurt people. Just disarm them. But what I did like about Pinty was that she did apologize, not apologize, but she was, wasn't gloating about it. She was aware that she went too far and she wasn't proud of herself. I like that because I was scared that she's going to be so much in her head and be like, I'm a big bad wolf and get in her confessions and brag. And she disappointed me and she didn't. And she was humane. So because of that, I was like, okay, fine. The game stopped. Did it, did it, um, I think the game stopped and they got put out. Yes. And so they stopped it that happened. Round. It happened. Yeah, they, they, they pulled them yeah. from that round. Yeah, yeah and so, even, you know, when Dash didn't go back again, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but you see, see for me, Richard, you know, they lose Shona here in the spot. Shona's out of the game, but Pinty is able to continue. She's able to participate in the round that ultimately uh, that tribe wins, and she contributes massively to that round as one of the three players in there. And I think for me personally, you know, I love Survivors of Africa. I think Survivors of Africa is a great franchise. I love the production team. I know they put their heart and soul into this, and everybody wants this thing to be a success. But we also have to call out the things that on screen look like was wrong. Like if this was a US right. season, people have been removed for less when it comes to this, you know, for people yeah. kicking each other's shins and physical challenges, not actually breaking limbs or, you know, body parts. And I think that this was an unfair result for the tribe ultimately that lost here, Pinty should have been pulled from the game. I think Nico should have uh, been a bit more harsh here on Pinty for not listening to his instructions. Yeah, um, I actually had a chat with with Tejan this morning about you know um, a lot of what happened in in in, in that um, specific challenge, and I think he said that um, well, we obviously know that Pinty, you know, if he knew that you know it could have done that to to to, to Shona would have done that but you know apparently you know one of the motivators for it for her to not really you know get, get got what's the word get DQ'd was because she actually had done so well in 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 a, in a lot of the parts of the challenge so i think that sort of like overweighed the little uh, sort of like mistake she 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 did so i think that's what motivated it but you know it's it's open yeah i don't think it's a good i don't think it's a good for me, it's not a good enough explanation for her to continue mm. on. Like, if you are not listening to the rules, if you're body checking someone, you're taking them out that way, mm. I think she should have been pulled from the game. And That's been good. like, okay, you've you've lost your mind here. You've done too much. There is a whole other, you know, uh, list of cast members on this season that could have participated in that last round, which was the decider. I don't think Pinty... Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying pull her from the game. I'm saying pull her from this challenge. challenge. You know, like you know what I'm saying. So pull her out of this challenge. She should have been taking part in the final. That's my opinion on it. I understand different people may have different opinions on it. Uh, be interested to know what people think in the chat yeah. about that. Um, also, Adrian here bringing up that 
Girl, when Palesa slipped on the mud and console on her knee, I almost had a heart attack. Yes, there was a few people that looked like they nearly got injured. I think this is one of the challenges that we don't see come back because the last thing that production would want is for people to get injured um, and be medivac from the game. Uh, that's not great viewing for us as viewers either. So I don't think that they'll do it. We've seen some mud challenges in the past. I, I can think of a few in Australia as well where yeah. you know I just kept thinking to myself, why, like we could do this without the mud. You know, let's let's take yeah. the mud out of it. The mud is the, the that's the component to it. I think that when you've got limbs and you know uh, you've got joints and things like that, it's it's not good for your joints. Like I mean, I was cringing the whole time I saw people go down. Obviously, Steffi going down was a bit of a shocker as well. Um, yeah. Odette says yes, but she stays, but she has to stay in, so she's more fatigued than the player replacing Shona. I think the whole thing here was is that they actually had a break between and. Um, they, they cancelled that round and then they had a completely new round with Pinty being back in. So I do think she had a little bit of an opportunity to rest there. Uh, CD also saying, when Dino won the puzzle, that didn't help him lower his threat level. Yes, we spoke about that. I think he continued to add to his own threat level um, on this episode as well. But ultimately, they're going to win um, and we're going to see that they're going to go to... I think there's one thing I wanted to go before we go into the Tribal Council yeah. that we didn't talk to about, and that's the outpost, right? Because there was this moment where both Tajin and Dante were sent to the outpost. I was firstly shocked that Tajin was the person that they elected to go there, yeah. and I kind of question the level of thinking that is happening between the Teresa Pinty... Um, now that Phil and Dino, the brains of the operation, is not with the pre-mergers yeah. right now... How do they do this? How does Teresa? I guess Teresa's already been to the outpost, so that's why she can't impose herself and go there. But Felix should have been in there. One of the, the pre-mergers should have been in that specific spot because, like everybody on the other tribe knew, on the Yontau tribe knew, yeah. there's going to be an advantage potentially at this. And also you're giving Dante and Tajin an opportunity to strategize and talk while you're not there to see what they're talking about. But I think a couple of interesting things happen here. Firstly, the idol clue was something that mm -hmm. both of them got. And it's the tribal, the, the cross-tribal idol, which is an interesting one. We'll talk about that. But then yeah. also Dante gives away, I think, a little bit too much information here to Tajin about Felix and how close they are, which now I'm worried for Felix. If Dante is mm -hmm. in the game, I think Felix has got a target on his back. Yeah, because, um, uh, look... Um... I think I think you know um, them picking picking Tejan was because uh, Tony was sort of like the louder of the people there. Like Steffi, you can't go. Rather, you know, two people can pull out a stick and decide who who goes. Fortunately for Tony, it was uh, Tejan who actually went to to the outpost to to, to get the idol. And then going to Dante. Um, you know, I do appreciate Dante because one of the things he said in the preseason and podcast is that. The reason why he didn't do well the first time was because he, st he stick stuck to one alliance and wasn't willing to open and sort of like spread his wings. And he is doing that. And I appreciate the game player in him. But unfortunately, him being 50-50 and not sort of like saying why he thought like Tejan should actually go to um, Felix and say, hey, keep me safe. You're going to be good. You know, it's that 50-50 approach is what really got Tejan to be like, hang on, you know, do you want to work with me or not? Or do you just want me to keep... Felix safe so you can vote me out so I do see um, 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 Felix unfortunately being in trouble but obviously there's something else that happened with Felix and Teresa later on in the episode that potentially saves Felix's life yeah so we'll come back to that 
The other yeah. part of this, obviously, with Tajin and Dante being there, uh, is that they find this clue to the idol. And, yeah. you know, Zoe, Dante becomes the person he feared in the beginning of the season, ultimately becoming that person at nighttime that goes and looks for idols. And that's the very <laughs> reason he voted out uh, Chappies in the beginning. Um, he's taking uh, a leaf from Chappies' book and he's going out there and he finds the cross tribal uh, idol. What do you think of this idol that he can't use, but he has to find someone else in the other tribe that he can swap it with, which most likely is going to be Tajin in this case. And it's only valid until the merge, not after the merge. I was I wanted to bring up that point so badly, like watching my little Dante be Batman in a hypocrite. I love it. Becoming everything you hate. I love it. Because I'm like, look at how the world, like the the world keep on spinning. But it was entertaining. I love it. But um I don't think he will ever get to use it because I don't think Dante is gonna make it that far far in a game i really don't think so and i feel like being aligned with dante or being liked by dante is a curse because Muriel was in trouble last season because of dante and here now we have things being in trouble because of dante so i'm like if dante likes you and dante has your name in his mouth just num count the number of days you're about to go out he's <laughs> a little curse over there but hopefully the curse would end and I'm, I'm interested. I really am interested, but I was really proud of him playing the game and being that one thing that he hates. And now he understands that it's just a game and how it is. You cannot control it. Some things you just got to do it at night because the instructions say so. You cannot um, vote people out because you have not been given the opportunity. Now he knows how it feels to work at night and i like it for him but how long is he going to be able to keep this information to himself i don't know because i feel like if he gets frustrated and he feels like he's in danger and he needs to convince the girls he might just open his mouth about it and that might just be a reason why they have to vote him out with it Interesting. I, I don't think Dante sees the the axe coming if they come for him. I think they take him out on a, on a, on a complete blind side because I think that yeah. the last thing you want to do is let someone like Dante know that you're coming for him because he's going to be vocal. He's going to be kicking and screaming all the way out of the game. So you want to have as little as possible conflict before that happens. Um, yeah. I, I can still, I just want to be, I know we've been like, Again, it's it's interesting when we talk about Dante because there's been positives and negatives to, to Dante's game this week. Like, and again, here, Richard, you bring up some great points about him being you know open and willing to talk to everyone. Again, he's saying and doing all the right things with just that little bit. It's a little bit off. And the question that I have is, will that little bit off get him voted out before the merge, or is it going to get yes. him to the merge? And I'm very interested to see how this happens because we've we've seen. Let's not forget, we've seen other players win this game where you're like Tom. It's not no going to win this season. There's so much that he's doing wrong. So, I mean, mm. Dante could still be like a more capable version of Tom where he's doing a lot of things right. But then there's that little bit that makes us doubt throughout the whole season. Will he really get there? Because, you know, he's a bit abrasive in certain cases and not as socially aware about how he's coming across in certain cases, but he could still get to the end. He could still win because let's be honest, I don't think anybody is playing openly the game as hard as Dante at this stage. Now, there are people that are playing under the radar, maybe just as hard, but he's definitely openly playing. He's a front runner in, in that sense. But I thought it was interesting. I like, Richard, the, the idol where you have to use it with someone in the other tribe because it yeah. forces cross-tribal allegiances. Yeah. I know that this is one of the things that um, I think uh, 
forgot a name now. <laughs> um, Rob is a podcast. They brought it in, like Mike Bloom and Shannon. There we go. Mike Bloom and Shannon. They, they, I think was they were one of the people that recommended the Cross Tribal Alliance uh, with the Cross Tribal Idol to be used this season. And I like this little bit of a twist, and it's a little bit of a shout back to what they've done in Australian Survivor with Dave finding that idol and doing doing the swap with Shane in the middle of. Uh, or is it Sean? I always get those names wrong. Yeah, in the yeah. middle of an immunity challenge. Yeah, um, it's, it's an interesting uh, thing because it also happened in the recent season with Juicy and um, Khan, um, where they yes. sort of like from different tribes and had a super idol or something like that. So it's quite interesting. And, you know, thank goodness for the genius in the production consultants in uh, Mike and 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 Shannon, um, you know what? I wanted to say now that you mentioned that there is a there sort of is a chance for Dante to win. I'm actually terrified because it's starting to make sense now. Like if he does make the end and potentially wins, like I'd I'd be happy in a terrifying way. Same. So I want to see it. I yeah. want to see. I want to see this guy go through this game, be an absolute bulldozer. And people let him get away with it. Because if that happens, shame on all of them, Zoe, not yeah. Dante. Dante is just playing one, the game. One thousand percent. But I think what makes me feel like he might not win and a difference between him and Tom is that nobody could thought Tom would win any challenges. Now, everybody's aware that Dante can win a challenge. So I do not think that they are not aware of that. These people are intelligent enough to vote of Chappies. They should be intelligent enough to vote of the second closest thing to Chappies. I just think they are buying time and they are waiting for the right time. They can't beat him when he gets to the merge and it's one-on-one -on -one and he's eating and winning. It's going to be too much. But with Tom, nobody thought he was going to win anything. So just keep him around to annoy people. He won't win a challenge mm -hmm. or a travel. So that's a reason. That's a difference between Tom and Dante. Dante is too physically strong and a, a huge threat. I do not see him making merch. Like, I seriously do not. If he makes merch, it better goes on on the first vote. If they don't, then I will start doubting and questioning all of their intelligent levels. And these people are intelligent. They are not going to make that mistake. I refuse. I curse it. It's not happening. He's not going <laughs> to win. No, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see him being that front and center, but it would be exciting nonetheless to see him get there because it would have to be an impressive game. So I get where you're coming from, Richard. But Richard, before we go into the vote and how that came together, let's quickly talk about something that you brought up here on the podcast. Teresa reaching out to both Tony and Tajan about a potential alliance and bringing Felix in. Felix wasn't aware of it and said that he would rather have gone with Steffi at this point, who clearly was on the outs. So he doesn't get that option, um, but now has to go along with it. And they're agreeing to let one of their numbers go here early on. Did you like this gameplay here from Teresa and Felix? And, and tell us why. Yeah, I mean, I think for Teresa, it's both a good and a bad uh, thing for her. Um, it's something she said in, in the preseason interview that she's quite a robotic person and she sometimes, you know, has that sort of like um, Achilles, Dante's Achilles heel sort of thing, like weakness, um, which in this case was that she didn't consult um, Felix before sort of like going to Tejan and saying that, hey, me and Felix would like to work with you. So that is that sort of, sort of like small social thing that could maybe bite her maybe in future. Um, but I did see it as a smart move to show that when other people are sleeping, 
she's thinking. And I think sometimes that's what gives you an edge over your opposition. And, you know, it would be awesome to see um, her, Tej, uh, Tej and uh, Felix and Tony working together because they're almost like a duo. And it was smart for Teresa to have that tact of being like, yeah, I'm okay with losing someone from my club. It's going to be hard, but I'm going to have to do it for the alliance when in actual reality, you know, she wants Pinty out as soon as she can. So whatever's smart. Not Pinty, Kalani. Oh, yeah. None, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think Pinty and Teresa, no, I think Pinty and Teresa are a bit closer than what you guys think. She's the Pinty whisperer at this stage, telling Pinty, let's, we'll choose the time when we go after Kalani uh, this episode as well. But I am a little bit worried for them. I do think that, like I said, um, some of the like I don't, I don't and I don't want to take away from Teresa's ability yeah. to also read the game, but I do think that the highest level of strategic thinking went with Phil and Dino. And if Phil and Dino was in that group, they would not have been eating themselves as quickly because this is not going to be good for the original. Um, Yantao tribe if they get to the merge they're already down in numbers they've just lost so many players in a row from their um, group they've lost three players this week from that tribe so with Tanya that's four players now mm. where the the other tribe has only lost two of this stage that's not a good numbers if you if you're someone that does the numbers I think that yeah. they're making a big mistake here but then again in saying this will Tony ever go back my problem is with Tajin. I think Tajin is more likely to jump back and forth wherever he needs to go than Tony. I think Tony will stay true to that side of things, but Tajin's going to do what's right for him in the long term in the game. That's that's my read on that specific situation. But let's get into a little bit of how this vote came together, Zoe. Obviously, Dino's on the beach. He now knows that they're going to tribal council. He's trying to figure out who's the vote going to be on. He finds out the vote is ultimately going to be on him, and he needs to find something he has to pull a rabbit out of a hat to stay in the game and he talks about the fact that he's consistently been looking for idols he's just done it in short you know bursts so no one can see him doing it but he goes out there and finds a bit of driftwood on the beach and ultimately finds the idol and says those beautiful words to fall does my package look big in this papow full <laughs> and, <then laughs> and dino has some uh ammunition here in this episode to work with oh, the i loved it yeah i loved it and where he found the arrow was the last place on earth that i would have even thought of looking for that was the last thing on earth there's no way i thought it would be there so it was just like amazing when he found it i was so happy for him and when the conversation starts and he knows that he's on a chopping block and he needs to bring the numbers together and they have this beautiful plan that relies on everybody working together and you're sitting at the edge of your seat and you're just like dino is about to do it dino's about to pull the biggest move of his life i was so happy but yeah i will let you guys introduce how it went down but yeah um i'm still swallowing my pride right now because phil knows i'm pissed off dude i want to do my best to be kind to you but when we see you on the street in south africa you better hide because you you pissed us off imagine how beautiful the blind side would have been yeah zudomania say uh, obviously you know we're full saying you know the whole thing about is does my package look big in this i didn't see it i don't want to see it but it's there <laughs> um richard what was your thoughts on how things came together here dino finds the idol obviously him and full 
I love this alliance between the two of them. Both players I, I love seeing in the game. They do, I think, have the strategic smarts to potentially both get out of the situation and get to yeah. the merge. I'm putting that out there in the universe at this stage. I want both Fall and Dino to get to the merge somehow. Uh, and Dino uses this as a leveraging tool to go and talk to Palesa about potentially yeah. turning here. He correctly identifies that she's the person he needs to convince. And there is a potential vote that comes together here to take out Dante but ultimately it's going to fall short because now they're working on getting Palesa they're working on votes being split um, they're doing the numbers and they realize that if all of them all three of them full Dino and Shona put their votes on Dante and if Palesa changes her votes from Shona to Dino then there is an opportunity here for them to vote three votes to Dante three votes to Dino, which nullifies, and then two votes would have gone to Shona, which would have meant that Dante would have gone home here. What did you think of this level of strategic play? I think this is the Yo. highest level of strategic play Yo. that we've seen this season so far. Beautiful. It's, it's insane, man. And, you know, love to see it um, because I think Survivor, well, Survivor SA does have that appeal in terms of high-level strategy. I mean, you saw it last season with Kiran, Renier, and, you know, and, you know, it's so beautiful. I mean, some people would have maybe wanted Palesa to 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 vote Dante too, but the fact that you know it was actually don't vote Dante, just vote for for Dina to make it look like you're still in with them and you made a mistake because you got frightened with Shona, potentially you know finding an idol at trouble council. That's just smart strategic thinking at its at, at its best level, and you know. Unfortunately, um, it seemed like Phil got the spooks um, due to a number of things. And, you know, personally, I don't know, but in a lot of what happened at Trouble Council, Dante was like, yes, uh, Phil pulled a, a jug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just say Phil pulled pull a jug. But, you know, I, I get it. Like, I was so frustrated with Phil. And this is funny. This is where, you know, I'm going against what I should because you know, Dante is my team. Like he's getting me points at the moment. He's killing it. Yeah. I don't want him to go home, but I also want him to go home because I'm a fan of the show first before my teams. And um, I, I was very disappointed when Phil didn't make that move. But I, I do think in hindsight, having watched that tribal council twice, yeah. there were certain points where Phil felt paranoid, definitely. And he was like, well, what if they've changed the votes and the second votes aren't actually yeah. um, going or the votes aren't going on Dino. Someone found out about the plan and it's between me and Shona. Then I need to put a vote on Shona. So she's got more votes than me so i'm safe and what i will say you know is that this doesn't take away for me from full being a great player this season at all mm. like it's a mistake 100 it's a mistake and he he'll be the first to admit it but then again we as viewers do not have all of the information when we're out there right like if you're a player like we see everything we know yes this is how it's going to come together full just stay the course but i think when you're there in the moment you get this opportunity to play again you know and you see things happening in the tribal council that makes you doubt where the votes are going to go. Yeah. I can understand why he got nervous and he got spooked and he played it in a different way. The thing that really shocked me, you go ahead, Zoe. No, no, no. Okay. The thing that really <laughs> shocked me, it looked like you, you wanted to add to that because I'm going to move away slightly from that. The thing that really shocked me is that, you know, we've got Shona planting the idol. She does all this hard work. She lets Dino know about it, but she does not end up faking it out. She doesn't end up causing chaos at tribal council. And what's interesting is that in the exit interview, Shona told me that Dino told her to hold off on that plan. Now, I've got my theory about this. 
I think mm. Dino's the one who's going to pull that idol out in the next tribal council and he's going to fake it. He's going to use the Shona plan. She's given it what we would call in basketball, the layup for her to go for him to go and dunk <laughs> and really use that because he said, I'm excited about the fact that idols are getting hidden at tribal council, fake idols. You know, this is a different level of play that I've never thought about. And I do think that even though Shona had the, the presence of mind to do it, Dino is the kind of player that can pull it off at tribal council and make it look believable. And that could really shake things up in this next episode here, Richard. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so amazing because obviously when an idol is played, another one gets put back into the game. So it would really look amazing if Dino were to look, 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 because I don't think he knows the exact location. Look, look, look around the fire, find tents like, Holy Mac, you know, this guy's on fire. And, um, Dino also did say on Twitter, yeah, to apologize that he didn't communicate that to Phil, um, that he had told Shona to pull off from that plan. And Phil, in his mind, you know, you could oh, see from the edit that he was like, hey, Shona, why aren't you doing what we're supposed to, what you're supposed to do? And Shona just looking at, you know, Marion and Merrill and all of that, sort of like played into the paranoid. He was like, hang on, maybe they're splitting votes between me and Shona. So if I put another vote on Shona, it's better her going home than me, you know? So it is understandable from that perspective why he did that mistake, but, you know, you only get to play once. Why did Dino not do it? Like, did he not have time? Like, I mean, this seems like a really important bit of information that if there's only three of you, you keep each other up to date right until tribal council of what the plan is, who's going to be doing what. Um, I feel like it's a little bit of a a sloppy misplay there. Zudaman here brings up an interesting one. He said... I was just so frustrated with being blindsided of a blindside, but looking at it in Phil's perspective, I can see why he did it. But paranoia could be a killer in this game. Uh, and I, I mean, Survive South Africa doesn't do many of these blindsides when it comes to viewers. Like they normally let you in on the plan, which is one of the reasons I enjoyed the show because I like to see how votes come together. I like to see why somebody without there being a, a sort of an agenda in the edit of why yeah. a person went early. I want to see it. I want to see it come together, but it's one of those reasons why, you know, Survivor of Africa's, I think just winning every season right now is that they normally let you in on it, but this yeah. specific episode, they did keep that away from us as viewers. We didn't see it coming up the way that it did, but we talked about Dante not reacting well. I don't think it's going to play that well for him in the next one. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about, uh, about this tribal council before we go into our uh, draft picks for the season and also talk about the points. Yeah, I was just confused on how Phil thought the vote will go between him and Shona because I think it was pretty much clear that it was going to be Dino or Shona. So I thought if he was going to swap a vote, he would put one on Dino um, so it doesn't count or cause a tie or something. Like I was just confused at everything. And I also understood why um, Shona did not play the idol, because I thought if she pretended like she had an idol, and then she might move the vote from herself to Phil, and we don't need any votes to go to Phil. So everything has to go to our Shona, and Shona has to play that I understand I'm at the bottom, I'm going home game. Nobody mm. switch, nobody moves. When I play Survivor in my head, watching along on TV, I always say, do not move 
from what you and your team and your alliance agreed on. If you go at home because they betrayed you, so be it. But the last thing you want to do is make a move, change the vote, and be the reason why a plan doesn't succeed. Especially a plan that was so tight and dependent on Palisa playing her role. It was important that everybody knew their position, hold on their position, and don't move. It's war, people. You don't run away because somebody pulled the trigger. Just wait until the bullets run out and attack. I don't understand why they were retrieving. It was like, just don't move. Don't hold. Just stand still. Maybe because I'm watching, so it's easy for me to say that. But for me, this is a strategy that I feel like you should go in, in life, in everything. And I was also like very naughty in high school. So when I go to the principal's office, we knew the story. No matter what they said, we do not switch. Just yeah. stick to it and you will be fine. If you switch, you'll be in trouble. And in this case, Nico is the principal, right? Yes. Yeah. Don't switch. It wasn't me. <laughs> I did hear says, I think it was Meryl's remark about plan A, B, and C that got full yeah. paranoid. And it's it's possible. Um, I had a few things that I was thinking. Oh, Palesa, right? So we completely forgot about this. So Palesa obviously does follow through with this and ends up switching her vote to Dino. Um, and does this leave Palesa exposed now going into this next one? If they do vote counting and they're like, why did Palesa change? Is, is she going to play the whole, uh, I must have made a mistake. I thought my vote should have gone on, uh, you know, Dino in this, in this case, because I feel like there is an opportunity here without completely dismissing it, where they could start counting the votes and say, well, why did Palesa change the vote here? Was there something else going on that I wasn't aware of? And maybe all of us, you know, dare I say it, like, I do think like the, that specific tribal council uh, or that specific tribe, Palesa could be in danger in this next couple of episodes if they are savvy enough to know what, what happened. Right, Richard? I don't I don't believe so because Danja was so eminent in getting Dino out. So any votes towards oh. Dino were going to make uh, Dante proud and happy that she's seeing what she's seeing. She can always play it. I 100% agree with you. That's why I voted for Dino. She can always yeah. play like that. That's a good point. And the look on her face, performing like, oh my God, I'm so shocked. It was believable for me. And I think she can just say, Dante, I'm with you, friend. Dino gotta go. I voted for him because I got what you meant at that time. And she's built um, credibility now with that group. Like Dino knows he she didn't give away the fact that he had an idol. And you know, your word is your bond when it comes to Survivor. That's the only thing you've got. Yeah. yeah um another, another thing that maybe if they're strategic enough, they, they could do is to um is for uh Palesa to say, you know, Palesa and and what's her name? What, what's his name? Phil to switch up votes. Palesa can say she voted for um Shona and then Phil can say, you know, you right. voted for, 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 for Dino. That's a good point. Yeah. So no one might even ask the question because the votes kind of look like it went where it was supposed to go. So maybe yeah. no one even asks that question. Uh, that puts my mind at ease for Palesa. I didn't want Palesa to be in danger going into this next week, but I wanted to make sure we look at all the possibilities. So let's go over to our draft picks here for the week. And we're going to have to make a few adjustments here. Uh, Zoe was hit pretty hard this week. She ended up losing Tevin in that first spot for the week. Then we ended up having Richard lose Seamus. And then Shona was next to fall putting Zoe now at four players left in the game with Steffi, Damn. Shane, Palesa, and Phil. 
Uh, I did not lose a single player this week. I was lucky. So I have still got Merrill, Dino, Marianne, Dante, and Pinty. Uh, so the numbers have started to equal out because I did have one less player because I had the sabotage on me this uh, round when we did the draft picks. And then Richard, you also have still with you five players and Tony and Tajan, Thereso, uh Kalani, and Felix. Those are the players that are left within your tribe. Let's also, while we're looking at this, go into the points for this week. Uh, yeah. Let me just pull that up. So for this week, we had in the first week, Zoe completely run away with it. Um, and let's see if Zoe is still in first place after a, a very eventful week. So in third <laughs> place this week is going to be Team Richard. So uh, there has been a little bit of a movement there where I've jumped past and and, and Zoe is still uh, past you at this stage as well. Uh, you're sitting at 178 points with your team at this stage. Your biggest point getters up until this point, is in first place, Tony with 34 points. She's had 19 confessionals. She's had a few challenge wins that have accounted to that as well. You've got in second place in your tribe, uh, Tereso, at 33 points with 21 confessionals uh, so far this season and also a couple of challenge wins there. Uh, and that is then followed by the rest of them. But there is a bit of a gap between Tony, Tereso, Tajan, Kalani, and Felix, who are the rest of the players. A few of them are quite under-edited, you would uh, say, at this point. But that could change as we continue to go on. In second place, um, so Richard, you've got 178. And in second place, on 185 is Chris. Team Chris is in second oh, place. Wait, I'm winning. So, so I've, I've jumped from third. I've jumped from third to second. But I've not completely caught up with Zoe yet. Uh, so far for me and my tribe, the highest point getter is still Marion from week one to week two. Marion is sitting at 43 points right now. She has the most confessionals from anyone this season at 30 confessionals so far after two weeks. Uh, Marion has also uh, had uh, an advantage find. So that's given me some points, and she's had some challenge wins. Second, and closing the gap very quickly between Marion and himself, is Dino at 41.5 points, 25 confessionals. Overall, he had a record-breaking, I think, 11 confessionals in this last episode um, for the season. So he had a lot of things to say in that season. But one of the things that gave me a lot of points for Dino was that he successfully found an advantage this episode, and he also successfully played an advantage because it kept him off the chopping block. It would have been uh, a revote if he didn't play it. So uh, he got some points for me on that. So they, those are my two standout players. Now uh, I'm at 185 in first place is team Zoe at 191.5 points. So she had about a 30 point lead, I believe between her and second place last week, but that's now narrowed down to 6.5 points. So it's very close between myself and Zoe. And then it's very close between me and Richard as well. So we're all still in this really at yeah. this stage. And Zoe, your top point getter so far is still Steffi at 42 points. So Steffi is the second highest overall point getter. Marion is the highest and Dino is third at this stage. Steffi has had 24 confessionals. She's had some challenge wins. And obviously she's also found an advantage, an idol in the game. So those are all the things that have given you points. Your second highest point getter in your team at this point is Phil with 33 points. Phil has had 24 confessionals. He's had some challenge wins at this stage as well. So those are the standout players in our teams. Uh, Richard and Zoe, how do we feel about the points now that we've um, spoken about it? 
Zoe, how do you feel? Are you still feeling comfortable I, I, there at the top? I, I don't even want to talk to your guys. Like, I don't talk to losers. It's like, I'm a winner. <laughs> I'm winning. I love oh, it. But I do feel like I'm in danger coming next week. Um, more people going. I don't know. Um, I'm scared for my team. They're getting less, and I'm and they're very powerful in the game as well. So I'm terrified for them. But for some reason, I really do feel like they might go. All the people I have left, I'm most likely gonna make it to the merge. I think the person I'm most fearful for is um, Richard's team because you have Kilani, who's a huge target. You have Tony, who's not really what liked. You have Phyllis, who's not really saying much. And Chris, you're still left with Pinty and Dante. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a good position comparing to the people that your guys have and how they've been edited out and the targets they have on their backs. Yeah. Uh, Richard, how do you yeah. feel about your team at this stage? Yeah, I pretty much agree. I mean, if you notice, all of the people in my team now are in Masu 2.0. So at some point, one of them is going to go in the next incoming four episodes. Um, obviously, we saw what happened with Kilani, her, I think, fainting or collapsing. So hopefully she's still Yeah, that's all good. We don't want people to go out of the game that way. That's not how we yeah. want to see people go out of the game, you know. And yeah. I hope she's okay. Normally when they show us these things on the edit, and they did the great fake out with Nico. We didn't talk about this episode. We're yeah. coming into the tribe. And like normally when Jeff comes in, it means Shona's being pulled from the game. But she ends up being on. So well done on the on the fake out. And even in the um, next on Survivor episode, we saw him come into the camp. So they really milked that. So I'm wondering if, you know, if we see Kalani fainting like that, she's probably going to stay in the game. But we've seen players yeah. faint all the time. Even in Australian Survivor, we had multiple players faint this last season when they were competing. But um, I'm feeling pretty – I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm feeling like I've got the winning team at this stage. Like, I feel very comfortable. I've made up a lot of ground from third place going into second. I've narrowed the lead between myself and Zoe, who's just, just ahead. Um, and when I look at the edit of the players currently, the only player in Zoe's team that I think – I'm fearful of, and like maybe I should say two. There's two players I'm fearful of in Zoe's team that could win, and that's Steffi and Palesa. Those are the two. Exactly. Um, yep. And then in Richard's tribe, Richard, I, mm. I don't know. Teresa, maybe, maybe, like very, very big, maybe on that. Final one. three. Top yeah, four. My tribe, I feel, I feel very confident about Meryl. I think Meryl yeah. is still the winner. I, like, I, yeah. I, I'm just yeah. like Survivor Issa, you're not fooling me. She's not getting a big edit. But she's still there. She gets that confessional every episode. She's well yeah. connected. Like, not fooling me. I think Meryl's still got a good shot. Marianne, I think, you know, there's a few people who talked about a few different players being the Omar of the season earlier. I think Marianne could be the Omar of the season. She's the yeah. big mm -hmm. character. We're seeing a lot of her. She's very integral in the moves that are being made. But is it too obvious? I'm wondering if it's maybe too obvious. What do you think, Richard? You you agree? It, 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 you know, she's she's such a big character. I mean, it would be amazing for her to win because we know how much it would mean for her. But I, I just feel like she's. I know we didn't talk much about Marianne this episode, but yeah. uh, she she's very vocal and very much a, an integral part of where the strategy is going at this stage. Yeah, she she she's she's an amazing player. Like I said, you know, with how she's playing for someone that's played the last time. Well, the last time she played was eight years ago. She's really doing a good job, good alliance, um, has good social relationships with people outside of our alliance. We saw her approaching Tony. We 
being like we're good if you want to come for me come for me yeah phil you know she she has a lot of thing, good things going for keeping her. shane on the side keeping shane on the side shane's like it's hey you know, i'm still with you shane she's got steffi as her number one yeah. under the radar i mean she's got the biggest edit if you, exactly. if you had a look at the edit i think she's got the biggest edit but uh, i feel very good about yeah meryl marianne and dino at this stage i feel confident about all three of them dino could still go i'm you know it's, it's either dino or dante in this yeah. next round so it's like i'm gonna lose one of the two and i almost i don't know which way i want to go i feel like i want to go with dino into the merge because dante is just too much of a, a beacon out there for people to take a stab at him if they get to the merge and then pinty is going to collect me points all the way until the end like how long she stays <laughs> in the game i'm just gonna she is like the biggest she's the blue chip stock for this specific draft pick i picked her very last i think last minute last in the in the draft almost and she has just been um getting me some really good points here so i'm very i'm very happy with the drama that pointy is bringing to the show because she's 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 collecting for me at this stage you know she's like a good crypto stock when it's on the rise yeah. <laughs> at this point I'd not the current not the current one <laughs> yeah i get you at this point i'd love to see pointy find an idol and just stay in the game and cause more crap for everyone <laughs> You guys really don't love me, hey? You really, really don't love me. You want me to suffer. No, I'm counting down days. Yeah. When Ponty leaves, I'm throwing a party. Everybody's invited <laughs> on teams. We celebrate. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. It's been great talking some survivors of Africa, Return of the Outcast week two here. Um, Zuda Man says that I literally see Ponty exactly like Abby Maria. Yeah. You're actually right. That's the best comparison that I've seen so far, the Abby Maria um, comparison. But I think, Zoe, you're a big fan of Abby Maria, aren't you? I think so. Someone else I spoke to recently. I feel like someone's a big... I spoke to someone recently that's a big Abby Maria fan. I am, because I love TV. I love good TV and chaos and <laughs> drama, you know, on the Survivor <laughs> Island. Um, Just but yeah. <laughs> Everybody in the live here today that have participated, thank you so much. For those that are listening to this at a later stage, thank you as well. Uh, please consider hitting the like on the video, subscribing to the channel, check out the Hangout Room on YouTube as well. Um, I know Zoe is taking a bit of a break at the moment because she's helping out on this channel with all of the Survivor content, but she will be doing a lot more reality TV on there in the future as well as other TV um, as well. So check that out. Um, go look at the links in the description to see where you can follow all of us. You know, go, go give Richard a follow on Twitter. He's got some great takes on Survivor throughout the week as well. Um, and we'll be back next week to talk about Survivor South Africa, Return of the Outcasts. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Bye.